global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks do remain higher. This update brought to you by Bank of America Merrill Lynch, seeing what others have seen, but uncovering what others may not. Global research that helps you harness disruption, voted top global research firm five years running, Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated. Now let's head over to the Bloomberg First Word Breaking News desk for today's afternoon call. Here he is, Bill Maloney. Afternoon, Charlie. Stocks are rising today, but are off their best levels. Dow is currently higher by 45 points. S&P's gained nine, and Nasdaq rises 51. The small cap 600 is up seven points, and the U.S. 10 yield at 1.84%. Seven out of 10 S&P sectors are higher, led by gains in technology, healthcare, and consumer discretionary. Consumer staples, utilities, and telecom declined. Dow transports rise 80 points. Nasdaq Biotech's gained 50. And the VIX is lower by 4.5%. Dow leaders to the upside include American Express, Intel, and IBM. McDonald's, Nike, and ExxonMobil led to the downside. Campbell Soup, Foot Locker, and Deer all fell after their results, while Applied Materials jumped as much as 14%. That's the most since 2002 after its earnings. Live from the first of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie? All right. Thank you very much, Bill Maloney. And it is uh, an update on uh, Wall Street, as Bill mentioned, to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K, on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. The Federal Reserve, from its... FOMC minutes to big high profile speakers this week signals that it is looking to see if it is going to be able to raise that key rate again in June or even July. And of course, today we've got a meeting of finance chiefs, G7 finance chiefs, warning about risks from sharp swings in the yen, at least Japan is, as the U.S. is making clear currency markets aren't so bad. They look pretty calm. What does this all mean for the bond market, global bonds, spreads and more? Got just the fellow to answer that question today, and that's Ben Emmons. He's managing director and portfolio manager at Leader Capital, a fixed income mutual fund management firm. And Ben joins us from Los Angeles. So, Ben, let's start with, let's do this in chronological order. The FOMC minutes, Bill Dudley speaking, who's the Fed vice chair. Uh, what is the, what does this mean? If the Fed's going to raise rates as soon as June or July, the market's repricing. What does it mean for bonds, particularly corporate bonds? Right. Good afternoon, Kathleen. Thanks again for having me. Um, well, it, it wouldn't be necessarily good news because um, what, what we've seen over the last period is that, that inflation, oh, sorry, interest rate expectations were really low, and we had also very low volatility periods, and, and that was very very favorable for, for broad markets. And now these minutes have come out, and they signal pretty strongly that June is very much a possibility. I would almost say they've given the market some sort of forward guidance there, that if they hike, then it, it would cause some volatility. Most of all, because this guidance that they've given on us on Wednesday is going to be determined by the data that now comes out between Wednesday and until June 15th, and, and that's inflation data, retail sales, and jobs numbers. So any of the data that comes out better than expected or differently than expected will cause volatility. So I think we're going to enter a period here in where markets are not going to trade really well on the back of this, this looming rate hike by the, by the Federal Reserve. So I, I would think of it that way. 
um, whereby corporate bonds, in particular high-quality corporate bonds, may not trade so well either given the correlation with stock markets overall, also because there's been a fair amount of these bonds issued and the risk premiums on those bonds are, are quite tight at this point. Ben, I'm wondering if you could comment on the relationship between inexpensive money and the use of that money for things uh, that perhaps are never going to be paid back. For example, I look at credit card balances in the United States, and they are on track to hit a trillion dollars this year. And that rhymes with what happened in July of 2008. Are you concerned about it? I'm concerned about the degree, Pim, that um, these credit card balances are are to uh, short-term credit, right? So people have built this up to, to try to spend uh, – are spending more money so that's reflective of, of a you know, higher consumer spending. But that you would get uh, – if we go through another stage of where the economy is going to slow down significantly, and that may be upon us because you know, there are signals in the markets that are indicating we may, ha- we may head towards that scenario, the U.S. economy – that then you're getting, you know, defaults on those on those credit cards. In other words, people can't pay it, and delinquencies rise quickly, which was kind of what happened in 2008. So that is somewhat alarming, but it's different perhaps than at that time, where a lot of this was also related to to just excesses in the housing market, which we don't really have today. Right? We don't have that subprime issue as we had at that time. Um, but it is it is something to watch. Obviously, I mean, it's interesting you point this out because. Credit expansion has happened. That's very much what the Federal Reserve wanted. Uh, you know, to have more of that happening because consumer spending would pick up as a result. But if it gets too excessive, then there's that risk if the economy slows down that consumers will fall behind their payments. Well, then, Ben, is it a mistake for the Fed to consider a rate hike in June? Uh, it, w- it could strengthen the dollar. That might weaken the yen. Right. The, the, you know, the, the Japanese might like that. But is there a risk that they'll destabilize an economy that's got some excesses in it now? Right, because we've already had this, you know, because before the hike took place in December, the, the dollar has strengthened almost by 25% cumulatively. Right? And that did very much has slowed down the U.S. economy and has now had or has and had its impact on the, on the energy sector. Uh, and that has been spreading out a little bit. And it's been noted, I've, I've seen this in Fed minutes before, and it was even this minutes too, where they noted that the well, job losses were appearing in in the energy sector that may be spreading, right? So, so yes, if you were to hike again and you would inadvertently strengthen the dollar too much, then then that would that would continue to erode the, the economy for that matter, uh, whether it goes to trade or the energy sector, and that could impact the service sector. So, yes, it, it is a delicate timing. It feels to me the Fed wants to do this because it sees signs of inflation further picking up, and it and it is at full employment in their in their view, pretty much, right? So they they feel they can do this. But markets continue to signal the opposite view of that, I think, more about, yeah, you can hike, but then, you know, long-term interest rates are falling, really, because, you know, you could damage the economy. Thank you very much for spending time with us. Uh, Ben Emmons is Managing Director and Portfolio Manager of Leader Capital, joining us from Los Angeles. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co-host Kathleen Hayes, and this is Bloomberg Radio. Coming up, taking stock of luxury, brought to you by your Tri-State BMW centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they make only one thing, the ultimate driving machine.